Okay, so I just want to start off by saying I realized I... I didn't quite finish exactly what I was reading. Um, and I just uploaded it anyways. <laughs> and it, the audio just cut because it was a 30 minutes and that's the cutoff time for... For, I guess, um, th this podcast by Anger. Um, or, or, I guess, on this platform. So, I'm just gonna take a segment of the chapter we were reading. And we're talking about... So, we're we're on Carl Jung. Uh, the Essential Jung Selected Writings Introduced by Anthony Storr. Um, and you could just forget yesterday's... Um... Yesterday's ramblings because I just I just kind of went off. Anyway, so I'm gonna um, continue reading and then as I read, I'm gonna make some com oh sorry hitting my mic up uh, some commentary and then I've got a point where I'm gonna stop because I think that's gonna be 30 minutes. So I don't know where I cut off yesterday, uh, but I'm just gonna continue right. So um, it goes not only the causal motive necessity. But conscious moral decision must lend its strength to the process of building the personality. If the first is lacking, then the alleged development is a mere acrobatics of, of the will. If the second, it will get stuck in unconscious, unconscious automatism. This is, this is great because this is talking about personality and personality is such an, uh, an intangible, intangible thing that we're constantly, I guess, in our society, I guess, pushed to develop. Um, but he goes on to talk about how this is more of a convention um, and when it's conventional, it's kind of automatic. It's kind of not really, you're not really left to develop your own individual personality. It's personality that's going to be for the collective good. Um, that I find really, really interesting. And, and there's so much more to it. And I'm going to keep going um, and add commentary as I go. But a man can make a moral decision to go his own way only if he holds that way to be the best. If any other way were held to be better, then he would live and develop that other personality instead of his own. Again, great point. Uh, the other ways are conventionalities of a moral, social, political, philosophical, or religious nature. The fact that the conventions always flourish in one form or another only proves that the vast majority of mankind do not choose their own way, but convention and consequently develop not themselves, but a method and a collective mode um, um, where was I? De develop not themselves, but a method and a collective mode of life at the cost of their own wholeness. Yes, just literally re reiterating what I've just said. Um, just as a psychic and social life of mankind at the primitive level is exclusively a group life with a high degree of unconsciousness among the individuals composing it, um, again, puppeteering, pretty much. Um, so the historical process of development that, uh, that comes afterwards is in the main collective and will doubtless remain so. This is why I believe convention to be a collective necessity. It is a stopgap and not an ideal. Either in the moral or in the religious sense, for submission to it always means renouncing one's wholeness and running away from the final consequences of one's own being. Uh, to develop one's own personality is indeed an unpopular undertaking, a deviation that is highly uncongenial to the herd, an eccentricity smelling of the cenobite as it seems to uh, the outsider. 
Small wonder, then, that from the earliest times, only the chosen few have embarked upon this strange adventure. This is where he talks. goes on to talk about... Um, 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 right. Had they all been fools, we could safely dismiss them as mentally private persons who have no claim on our interest. But unfortunately, these personalities are as a rule the legendary heroes of mankind, the very ones who are looked up to, loved, and worshipped, the true sons of God whose names perish not. The, the reason, now this is going to borderline sarcastic um, or sarcasm, but he does make a fine point of... We see the peoples, uh, we see the individuals that do develop their own personality. Um, we kind of hold them up to a, we kind of put them on a pedestal and, and we idolize them um, just because they've had the courage to do so. And I think that's really, really interesting. And uh, there is a point there um, that I do want to emphasize, but not at, not right now, not until I'm done this reading. And you'll see why. Um, but unfortunately, these personalities are as a rule the legendary heroes of mankind, the very ones who are looked up to, loved, worshipped, the true sons of gods whose names perish not, just said that. Um, they are the flower and the fruit, the ever fertile seeds of the tree of humanity. This allusion to historical personalities make it makes it abundantly clear um, why the development of personality is an ideal and why the cry of individualism is an insult. The greatness has never lain in their abject submission to convention, but on the contrary, in their deliverance from conven convention. They towered up like, um, like mountain peaks above the mass that still clung to its collective fears, its beliefs, laws, and systems, and boldly chose their own way. To the man in the street, it has always seemed miraculous that anyone should turn aside from the beaten track with its known destinations and strike out on this steep and narrow path leading into the unknown. Hence, it was always believed that such a man, if not actually crazy, was possessed by a demon or a god. For the miracle of a man being able to act otherwise than as humanity has always acted could only be explained by the gift of demonic power or divine spirit. However, okay, this is now, this is my question. How would, this is kind of bordering dichotomy because how would we as a collective develop if one individual, um, I guess did not branch out there has to be a line of progression because this is saying that i guess we kind of view people as you know who do kind of stray off the beaten path as you know just absurd and weird and and yes this is still true to this day we do do this um either subconsciously or consciously but however for the collective good, for the convention, had that one person not done that, not developed that kind of, I guess, journey off the beaten path, um, then the collective good would not be able to move forward. Do you see what I mean? It's like finding new horizons. Um, and a recent example is, is uh, the rover that was just sent to Mars. I mean, some some crazy man, like or person or woman or whoever, must have had this idea and concept and then just rolled with it. And now we have a robot on Mars, or we have a rover on Mars. And this is going to be eventually a, a bigger thing, and and this is going to snowball snowball into something as maybe a collective or as even a convention that we may go on Mars. Anyways, 
go off a tangent there. Um, how could anyone but a god counterbalance the dead weight of humanity in the mass with this everlasting convention and habit? From the beginning, therefore, the heroes were endowed with godlike attributes. Again, putting them on pedestals. <clears throat> According to the Nordic view, they had snakes' eyes, and they, there was something peculiar about their birth or descent. Certain heroes or, or ancient um, of ancient Greece were snakes sold. Others had a pers uh, personal demon, were magicians, or the elect or the elect of God. All of these attributes, which could be uh, multiplied at will, show that for the ordinary man, the outstanding personality is something supernatural, a phenomenon that can only be explained by the intervention of some demonic factor. So I think this this was probably done on purpose to kind of um, get the collective mass to not develop their own personality, to kind of keep them where they are as, as a herd almost, and just to kind of shepherd it along as as and when necessary, but who's doing the shepherding? Um, it's not probably the question here, but um, I think the reason we put them on a pe pedestal and, and give them such unattainable, unattainable um, attributes is because it kind of places some sort of, it's, it plants a, feed of se um, a seed of fear in our hearts that Kind of going off the beaten path is scary and why would you want to do scary when you can be in a crowd and in a herd and be safe and you can be like us that's exactly how that's reading to me and that sounds awful um but i kind of see the point that is being made here that it is probably manipulated when you develop your personality I, and i guess uh, i think personality is kind of used as or, or the example given here is kind of used as a, I guess, a story to hit home the point that mythology and stuff like that was manipulated to kind of show and, and that, I guess, developing a personality is meant for people that are godlike. And you're human, so you're instantly creating a divide. Um, and that's... I think that's done to manipulate. I think that's very, very manipulative. Um, but I can't tell you why, because I don't know why yet. I will know, but I don't know why yet. What is it in the end that induces a man to go his own way and to rise out of an unconscious identity with a mass as out of a swathing mist? Not necessity, for necessity comes to many and they all take refuge in convention. Not moral decision, for nine times out of ten we decide for convention likewise. Again, I guess society is a good thing. Um, the one thing that my grandma would always say is, you know, what would people think? And that was used not to, I guess not intentionally shut you down, but, um, or shut down any idea that was new or concept that was new, but it was done as a ritual almost to make sure, you know, we're accepted. In society, if we do, um, if we kind of behave in the same patterns that society has behaved thus far, um, so that's that's quite interesting. Uh, not moral decision. For nine times out of ten, we decide for convention. Likewise, what is it then that inexorably tips the scale in favor of the extraordinary? It is, what it, it is what is commonly called vocation. 
an irrational factor that destines a man to emancipate himself from the herd and from its well-worn paths. True personality is always a vocation and puts its trust in it as in God. Despite its being, as the ordinary man would say, only a personal feeling. But vocation acts like a law of God from which there is no escape. The fact that many a man who go um, who goes on his own ends in ruin means nothing to one who has a vocation. He must obey his own law as if it were a demon whispering to him of new and wonderful paths. Anyone with a vocation hears the voice of the inner man. He is called. That is why the legends say that he is uh, that he possesses a private demon who counsels him and whose uh, mandates he must obey. It is best uh, the best known example of this is Faust, and an historical instance is provided by the demon of Socrates. Uh, primitive medicine men have their snake spirits and Esculapius, and the tutelary patron of physicians. Uh, has for his emblem the serpent of Epidaurus. He also had, as his private daemon, the Kabirtelis Phoros, who is said to have dictated and ins- or inspired his medical uh, prescriptions. The original meaning of to have a vocation is to be addressed by a voice. The clearest examples of this are to be found in the uh, Avoals of the Old Testament prophets. That It is not just a quaint, old-fashioned way of speaking is provided by the confessions of historical personalities such as Goethe and Napoleon, to mention only two familiar examples, who made no secret of their feeling of vocation. Vocation, or the feeling of it, is not, however, the prerogative of great personalities. It is not appropriate to the small ones all the way down to the... the, uh, the midget personalities, but as the size decreases, the voice becomes more and more muffled and unconscious. I don't think um, young means size as in the literal sense, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think he's meaning it in the very literal sense of size. Um, I think he means size as more metaphorically. Like, we all, I guess we all have callings, some greater than others. I guess not maybe greater is the wrong choice of words, but um, some louder than others let's just say moving on it is as if the voice of a daemon within were moving within and further off and spoke more rarely and more indistinctly the smaller the personality the dimmer and more unconscious it becomes until finally it emerges indistinguishably with the surrounding society thus surrendering its own wholeness and dissolving into the wholeness of the group This is quite interesting because I think this is very important to realize that we constantly tell ourselves to just be ourselves. Um, But I think what we end up hearing is uh, be ourselves while it's socially acceptable and then conform. I think that's how it registers to us innately. Um, And I think, again, I'm going to point this down to a survival tactic of just... um, I guess fitting in just to be liked and socially accepted. That's what I'm going to pass that off as. Um, where was I? Mm-hmm. Right. In the place of the inner voice, there is the voice of the group with its conventions and vocation is replaced by collective necessities. But even in this unconscious social condition, there are not a f- Uh, there are not a few who are called awake by the summons of the voice whereupon they are at once set apart from the others 
feeling themselves confronted with a with a problem about which the others know nothing. In most cases, it is understand it's un it is impossible to explain to others what has happened for any understanding is walled off by impenetrable prejudices. You are no different from anybody else, they will chorus, or there is no such thing. And even if there is such a thing, it is immediately branded as morbid and most unseemly. For it is a monstrous presumption to suppose anything of that sort could be of the slightest significance. It is purely psychological. This is a lost objection. This last objection is extremely popular nowadays. It stems from a curious underestimation of anything psychic, which people apparently regard as a personal, arbitrary, and therefore completely futile thing. And this, paradoxically enough, despite their enthusiasm for psychology, the unconscious, after all, is nothing but a fantasy. We merely imagined, and so on and so on, etc. Uh, people think themselves um, magicians who can conjure the, um, the psyche. Oh no, there we are. People can. Uh, people think themselves magicians who can conjure the psyche hither and thither, and fashion it to suit their moods. They deny what strikes them as inconvenient, sublimate anything nasty, explain away their phobias, correct their faults, and feel that, in the end, that they have arranged everything beautifully. In the meantime, they have forgotten the essential essential point, which is that only the tiniest fraction. Um, of the psyche is identical with the conscious mind and its box of magic tricks, while for much of the greater part it is a sheer unconscious act, hard and immitigable as granite, uh, immovable, inaccessible, yet ready at any time to come crashing down upon us at the behest of unseen powers. I'm just going to end it there because I think this is a really good point to end it. And just go over what we've kind of come across. Um, that was quite a bit. I think Jung made significant points of developing an individual personality. And some of the points that we still see to this day is very, very relevant. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a very weird kind of thing to hear to develop your personality um we're constantly thrust in a society where we're told to be ourselves as long as it doesn't kind of stray too far out into the unknown so as long as it stays within the brackets of conformity uh, yeah go ahead sure be yourself that is totally fine um and accepted however the problem is there's no true freedom in that is there um, and I think that's kind of the point that Jung was alluding to, is the freedom to develop our own personalities means that, yes, we will be straying from the conformity that is, I guess, in our current society. Um, or I guess when this was written, um, not in our current society, but very much applicable today. Um, I think I'm going to end it there. I don't have any more... Uh, exciting points to make other than just reiterating what he said um, and kind of having a little flashback of my own where uh, my grandma who was a very religious person would constantly kind of uh, question I mean I guess we were living in a western world at that time so it was quite different um, 
she would constantly say like you know what would people say to anything um and there was always this kind of care at the back of her mind and even at the front of her mind that no matter how we behaved as long as we behaved in a way that was socially acceptable and that people would not drag our names through the mud and i thought that was really strange so um and i guess that's the point that carl jung was making is that you know that that the fact that she had said what will people say um and putting that in our heads kind of you know it instantly stops you right in your tracks from doing anything um further and developing further and that's important it's always important to develop um even if it is at the expense of conformity so that's a good note to end it all right i will see you tomorrow bye bye